Hello and welcome back to Life Without Limits, Planning with the PA Family Network. I'm Courtney Miles, and today I'm joined by Katie Marie Wilson, who works in the policy department at ODP, which is the Office of Developmental Programming. Good morning, Katie Marie. Oh my goodness. Hi, Courtney. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Um, so we're today we're going to be, we've been talking for the past couple of months about emergency preparedness. Um, and today we wanted to to bring you in here because you, you have a lot of knowledge and information to share. And um, specifically a question that comes up and, and I know is a worry for a lot of people is, is what does a person with a waiver have to do before they go into the hospital? So like what kind of conversations the people with an intellectual disability or autism be having with their supports coordinator prior to any kind of emergency or hospitalization regarding services in the hospital? Yes, this is a really good question, Courtney. And I'm going to break this down and because I feel like there's a lot to be um, said for both of these things. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. Um, So the first part is like, what can a person do right with a waiver before they go into hospital? Like, How can they prepare? Um, So for the actual individual with the the intellectual disability or autism, they don't have to do a whole lot except for planning. It's their provider, the the person who is providing the service, who actually has to make sure things are lined up. But with this said, the individual can start to have those conversations, like you said, with their supports coordinator and team about what supports they would envision they would need if an emergency were to happen and they would need to go to the hospital, right? So um, I personally would also advocate for the individual to become educated, to understand um, what to expect if they were to go into hospital and what can be provided to them through their waiver. And Courtney, I'm gonna keep going. So please like um, slow me down or ask questions if I'm providing too much, like I, I need to explain things a little better. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so like when I say to become educated, I'm thinking of things like the person should understand um, if they're if the service they are currently receiving is that service allowed to be provided in the hospital, right? They should know that. And we'll get into that later on because I think you might have a question about that. Um, But they should know that. They should know what type of services are allowed to be provided by their staff if they were to go into the hospital. Um, They should also know that their staff will only be able to provide care outside of what is expected of the hospital to do. So for example, Their staff can help with communication, um, intensive personal care. And when I say intensive, I'm talking about like personal care that's like out of the realms of their nurse or their doctor to do. Like typically when you go into the hospital, you know, I've been in the hospital before. Typically my nurse is not helping me brush my teeth, right? So you might want your staff to help brush your teeth. That's an example. Um, Your staff can also help you with behavioral support if the individual has a behavioral support plan, right? And they need help with that. Um, Another example I was trying to think of for this. So let's say like the nurse instructs you, says, hey, Jimmy, you know, we're going to work on your mobility, but I need to do this with you as the nurse. Your staff can't do that with you then, right? Because that is the hospital's responsibility to do that with you. So it needs to be things outside of what the hospital staff is required to do. Another thing, 
I really wanted to let you guys know, because I think people have questions about this. Unless the individual has a history of going to the hospital, the individual and their individual support plan team or their ISP team does not need to plan ahead and add extra services into their waiver just in case they were to go into the hospital. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. ODP has provided guidance to the individual's support coordinator and to their administrative entity or their AE about what they need to do. That's their responsibility if the individual goes into the hospital. They can add a service into the plan um, and there's guidance for them to do that. So the individual doesn't need to add or their support coordinator doesn't need to add anything on their plan for a just-in-case um, situation. So any, I know that was a lot. Any questions? No, that's, no okay. I think that's great. That gives a really great breakdown and overview. And I mean, that's important information. I think, I think we need, you know, a little bit of a deep yeah. dive. Um, yeah. So, so something you kind of touched on a little bit as what sort of, what kind of services can someone with a waiver get while in the hospital? And you know what, Courtney, can I actually, I'm sorry, can I actually back up for one more thing? I wanted to, yeah. Uh, go a little bit deeper into conversations with the sports coordinator, if you don't mind. Is that okay? No, please do. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to hear more. So, yeah, because I, I forgot I wanted to break that up. So one thing I wanted to um, discuss with you guys today and for the people who are listening is what, like, what kind of conversations can you have with your sports coordinator um, prior, right, to just thinking about if this were to happen, right? So this is a good time if you don't know what the life course tools are to get maybe familiar with those. Um, the life course tools, um, there's like this really awesome trajectory that I even use um, in planning for my work, like what I want and what I don't want. So mm. I encourage individuals to start uh, using some of those tools. So look those up, but they should start talking about, if I was to go into the hospital, what does my support look like, right? Talk about what they would like their staff to do while they are in there. Again, like I said, things that the hospital staff aren't responsible for, right? So another example is say an individual is nonverbal and let and they communicate through um, a print or symbol system. It would probably be important, right, for staff yeah. to be prepared and bring that system with them. So that should be like, a thing to talk about, like, this is something that I need if I were to go into the hospital. Um, they should also be planning ahead about what are some things that, okay, if, it's a scary experience to go to the hospital for anybody. So yeah. if I were to go into the hospital, what are some things that could make me a little bit more comfortable if I have to stay there? Are there activities that staff could do with me while I'm in there? Um, such as maybe I like listening to audiobooks or maybe I like to read or maybe I like to listen to music right um do they like playing games on an electronic device do they have um like an iPad or a phone that they like to kill time with and play on right these mm -hmm. things can be talked about ahead of time and planned with staff to help the individual feel prepared just in case something were to happen um, so I just wanted to, those are just a few things that I think are really important that um, when the individual's with their team next, that they can start talking about just, just in case something, No, I, happen, you know, I think that's good. And I think it's something that people may not think about. Um, yeah. 
those those supports that 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 would just help us feel more comfortable because it is it is scary um, totally. i think no matter who you are it can be really scary um so so you you had touched on this a little bit uh yeah. sort of services that someone yeah. with a waiver can get while in the hospital yeah. um so could you tell us a little bit more about that yeah of course okay so there is a bunch of services in a waiver um so if an individual is receiving any residential services, and what I mean by residential is I'm talking about um, in Pennsylvania's ODP's waivers, we have residential habilitation, which some people know that as group homes. Um, we also have life sharing and supported living. So if a person has any of those or lives in any of those homes, um, they can get this thing called supplemental habilitation. And for me, how I learned about this, it's basically like your provider can give you extra staff to help you in the hospital. So it's not really a separate service, but it's the it's, it's a way for your provider to continue to help you with your residential service while you're in the hospital by providing additional staff for you. So they can have that. Um, I know a lot of individuals use in-home and community support and companion. Um, those are two services that can also be done while um, the individuals in the hospital. Um, behavioral support is also able to be done, but I want, there's a nuance with that. Obviously, behavioral support uh, can't do personal care because in the waivers, behavioral support doesn't do personal care, right? That's not mm. their job of a behavioral um, support staff. So they can help with other things besides that. You can support coordination, right? That's a big part that can happen while you're in a hospital. And um, supports broker is the last one. So supports broker is a, um, another nuance. So supports broker is for those who self-direct their services. Um, and that can be a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you do self-direct your services, the reason why this can happen um, while someone's in the hospital is because that supports broker can help train their staff and they call their staff SSPs. So they can help train their SSPs on what the individual needs while they're in the hospital. So those are the services um, that are in the waivers right now that can be used while the individual's in the hospital. Okay, that's great. Um, so this this seems to be, from what I've heard uh, and from what I've I've seen, you know, with families and friends, this this seems to be a change. This wasn't always the case, like specifically mm -hmm. since the COVID pandemic, right? Um, yeah. So so why what how was this handled differently before, and, and what what was the cause for the change? Oh my gosh, and it's a great change, right? I mean, yeah, fantastic. Oh. I I can't imagine before, honestly. No. It's Yeah. So COVID obviously brought on. A lot of people were sick, so I think it was it just heightened the need that, hey, we need staff to help us while we're in the hospital. Um, so before COVID, this wasn't even a thing. You couldn't even get staff with you when you were in a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't. You couldn't. Providers couldn't get paid to um, give you staff to help you with the services you need. So it took people... Um, to advocate. I know there was a lot of people in Pennsylvania who advocated for this. Um, they had to advocate to the federal government. So once the federal government passed um, an act, so it's called the CARES Act, 
And please don't ask me what it stands for because I don't remember. So once they passed the CARES Act, um, this allowed states to allow um, services to be provided in hospitals. So now staff can be paid to help individuals with their needs while they there's an emergency going on, right? So my goodness, this is why advocating is so important because if people didn't advocate for this, I don't know if this would have been a thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, that seems like a really wonderful change. I'm, it, it's hard to imagine before. The, yeah. it, it's helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I thank you for coming on today and joining us. I know you mentioned self-directed services, uh, that that could be a whole nother podcast. We yeah. are going to be focusing on it for a whole quarter coming up here. Oh. Um, so we'd love to have you back potentially to chat <laughs> okay, a little yeah. bit about that. Um, I know that there's there's a lot to go in uh, to with that. So um, yeah. we'd love to hear more of your thoughts and insight. Oh, Courtney, this was wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the Life Without Limits podcast, Planning with the PA Family Network. We hope that you'll join us again to hear from more individuals. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we can be reached at 1-844-PA-FAMILY or on the web at visionforequality.org.